0: This is the Bible in one year, day 169. Three conversions everyone needs. At an alpha conference, someone handed me a scrap of paper with a note describing what had happened to her friend. Sue, who was not a Christian, was attending a rehab clinic for people with severe respiratory problems. She had a chronic condition, COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease that was getting progressively worse. The clinic meets at our church building. She arrived at her clinic, but there was no one there. She'd got the wrong date. She waited around and had a look through flyers about our next alpha. Sue turned up for our course on Wednesday evening. She soaked it all up and was full of excitement and interest. She came to church on the Sunday and was back again on the Wednesday it suddenly clicked for Sue that Jesus is God, a huge piece of the jigsaw for her. She gave her life to the Lord, dramatic. She called her sister to tell her that she'd become a Christian, and her sister was in the middle of a meeting with a friend to pray for Sue. She'd been praying for her for 25 years. The following Sunday, Sue came to church, came forward for prayer for healing, and was remarkably healed of her COPD. She's been running up and down stairs at home, off her medications, etc., she met with her physio at the medical clinic, who was astonished at what had happened to her. Remarkable difference. she had been healed and has since prayed for and seen others healed, including one of cancer. On the 30th of April, Sue was baptised and brought over 150 friends and family to celebrate with her. She is having a huge impact on people, evangelising to anyone who will stand still long enough to listen. John Wimber often used to say that we all need three conversions to be converted to Christ, converted to his church, and converted to his cause. Sue was obviously not only converted to Christ, but also instantly converted to his church and to his cause. Today's passages focus especially on this third conversion. Psalm 74 Remember how the enemy has mocked
1: you, Lord. How foolish people have reviled your name. Do not hand over the life of your dove to wild beasts. Do not forget the lives of your afflicted people forever. Have regard for your covenant, because haunts of violence fill the dark places of the land. Do not let the oppressed retreat in disgrace. May the poor and needy praise your name. Rise up, O God. And defend your cause remember how fools mock you all day long do not ignore the clamor of your adversaries the uproar of your enemies which rises
0: continually passion for god's cause rise up o god and defend your cause writes the psalmist. He's passionate about God's cause and sees, as we see today, people mocking and even reviling God. He cries out to God, Don't forget us. Remember your promises. It can be easy to become downhearted when we see people attacking God's cause. The best way to respond is with passionate prayer. Bring your frustrations to God. Rise up, O God, and defend your cause. Remember how fools mock you all day long. Do not ignore the clamor of your adversaries, the uproar of your enemies, which rises continually. Lord, as we look around at our society today, we see many who mock and revile your name. Rise up, O God, and defend your cause. May your name be glorified. May your kingdom come. New Testament, Acts 12 and 13. Then
1: Herod went from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. He had been quarrelling with the people of Tyre and Sidon. They now joined together and sought an audience with him. After securing the support of Blastus, a trusted personal servant of the king, they asked for peace because they depended on the king's country for their food supply. On the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robes, sat on his throne and delivered a public address to the people. They shouted, This is the voice of a God, not of a man. Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God continued to spread and flourish. When Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John, also called Mark. Acts, Chapter 13 Now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius, of Cyrene, Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So, after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues, John was with them as their helper. They travelled through the whole island until they came to Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the proconsul Sergius Paulus. The proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elimas, the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elemas and said, You are the child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind for a time and not even able to see the light of the sun. Immediately, mist and darkness came over him and he groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord.
0: Pursuit of God's Cause Ultimately, nothing can stop god's cause herod had success popularity power and great wealth the people flattered him and shouted this is the voice of a god not a mere mortal however that was the last straw god had had enough of herod's arrogance and sent an angel to strike him down herod had given god no credit for anything down he went rotten to the core a maggoty old man if there ever was one he died this is contrasted with the word of God, which, unlike Herod's life, does not end. But the word of God continued to increase and spread. It grew in leaps and bounds. We see a similar situation as God's cause flourishes despite opposition once more. Saul, who was also called Paul, and Barnabas were confronted by a charlatan called Bar-Jesus, who was as crooked as a corkstrew. He tried to stop the proconsul being converted to Christ. Paul, full of the Holy Spirit, looking him straight in the eye, confronted him with his schemes to cheat people out of God. Bar Jesus was struck blind, and the proconsul became a believer full of enthusiasm over what they were saying about the Master. Bar Jesus' attempts to thwart God actually achieved precisely the opposite to what he'd hoped. The early church was determined to find out what God was doing and join in. They gathered together to worship the Lord and fast. While they were doing this, the Holy Spirit spoke to them, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they would fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Barnabas and Paul were sent on their way by the Holy Spirit. They were pursuing his cause. They proclaimed the Word of God. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Even the proconsul, and intelligent man was amazed at Paul's teaching about the Lord. It's so important that you seek God's guidance and help in your ministry and in your life. With God on your side, you can achieve so much more than you could ever dream of in your own strength. Lord, please speak to me by your Holy Spirit. Help me to know what you are calling me to do. I want to proclaim the word of God through the power of the Holy Spirit and pursue your cause with passion. Old Testament, 1 Kings 3-5
1: Now two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. One of them said, Pardon me, my lord. This woman and I live in the same house. I had a baby while she was there with me. The third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There was no one in the house but the two of us. During the night this woman's son died because she lay on him. So she got up in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while I, your servant, was asleep. She put him by her breast and put her dead son by my breast. The next morning I got up to nurse my son and he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't the son I had born. The other woman said, No, the living one is my son, the dead one is yours. But the first one insisted, No, the dead one is yours, the living one is mine. And so they argued before the king. The king said, This one says, My son is alive and your son is dead. While that one says, No, your son is dead and mine is alive. Then the king said, Bring me a sword. So they brought a sword for the king. He then gave an order, Cut the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other. The woman, whose son was alive, was deeply moved out of love for her son and said to the king, Please, my lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other said, Neither I nor you shall have him. Cut him in two. Then the king gave his ruling. Give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is his mother. When all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, they held the king in awe because they saw that he had wisdom from God to administer justice. 1 Kings chapter 4 so King Solomon ruled over all Israel and these were his chief officials Azariah son of Zadok the priest Elihoreph and Ahijah sons of Shisha secretaries Jehoshaphat son of Elihood recorder Benaiah son of Jehoiada commander-in-chief Zadok and Abiathar priests Azariah son of Nathan in charge of the district governors, Zebud, son of Nathan, a priest and advisor to the king, Ahisha, palace administrator, Adoniram, son of Abda, in charge of forced labor. Solomon had twelve district governors over all Israel, who supplied provisions for the king and the royal household. Each one had to provide supplies for one month in the year. These are their names. ben in the hill country of Ephraim. Ben-Dekah, in Mekaz, Shealbim, Bethshemesh, and Elon beth Hainan. Ben He said in Aruboth, Soko and all the land of Hepha was his. Ben-Abinadab, in nephoth Dor, He was married to Tefa, daughter of Solomon. Beanna, son of Ahilud, in Taanach and Megiddo, and in all of Beth-Shan, next to Zarathan below Jezreel, from Bethshan to Abel-Mahola, across to ben Benjiba, in Ramoth-Gilead, the settlements of Jair, son of Manasseh in Gilead, were his, as well as the region of Argob in Bashan and its sixty large walled cities with bronze gate-bars. Ahinadab, son of Ido, in Mahanaim. Ahimeaz, in Naphtali, he had married Basimath, daughter of Solomon, Bayana, son of Hushai, in Asha and in Aloth; Jehoshaphat, son of Perua, in Issachar, Shimei, son of Elah, in Benjamin, Jeba, son of Uri, in Gilead, the country of Sihon, king of the Amorites, and the country of Og, king of Bashan. He was the only governor over the district. The people of Judah and Israel were as numerous as the sand on the seashore. They ate, they drank, and they were happy. And Solomon ruled over the kingdoms from the river Euphrates to the land of the Philistines as far as the border of Egypt. These countries brought tribute and were Solomon's subjects all his life. Solomon's daily provisions were thirty cores of the finest flour and sixty cores of meal, ten head of stall-fed cattle, twenty of pasture-fed cattle, and a hundred sheep and goats, as well as deer, gazelles, roebucks, and choice fowl. For he ruled over all the kingdoms west of the river Euphrates, from Tifshah to Gaza, and had peace on all sides. During Solomon's lifetime, Judah and Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, lived in safety, everyone under their own vine and under their own fig tree. Solomon had 4,000 stalls for chariot-horses and 12,000 horses. The district governors, each in his month, supplied provisions for King Solomon and all who came to the king's table. They saw to it that nothing was lacking. They also brought to the proper place their quotas of barley and straw for the chariot-horses and the other horses. God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the people of the east, and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. He was wiser than any anyone else, including Ethan, the Ezrahite, wiser than Heman, Calcol, and Dada, the sons of Mahol. And his fame spread to all the surrounding nations. He spoke three thousand proverbs, and his songs numbered a thousand and five. He spoke about plant life, from the cedar of Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of walls. He also spoke about animals and birds, reptiles and fish. From all nations people came to listen to Solomon's wisdom, sent by all the kings of the world who had heard of his wisdom. 1 Kings chapter 5 When Hiram, king of Tyre, heard that Solomon had been anointed king to succeed his father David, He sent his envoys to Solomon, because he had always been on friendly terms with David. Solomon sent back this message to Hiram. You know that because of the wars waged against my father David from all sides, he could not build a temple for the name of the Lord his God until the Lord put his enemies under his feet. But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side, and there is no adversary or disaster. I intend, therefore, to build a temple for the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord told my father David when he said, Your son, whom I will put on the throne in your place, will build the temple for my name. So give orders that cedars of Lebanon be cut for me. My men will work with yours, and I will pay you for your men whatever wages you set. You know that we have no one so skilled in felling timber as the Sidonians. When Hiram heard Solomon's message, he was greatly pleased, and said, Praise be to the Lord today, for he has given David a wise son to rule over this great nation. So Hiram sent word to Solomon, I have received the message you sent me, and will do all you want in providing the cedar and the juniper logs. My men will haul them down from Lebanon to the Mediterranean Sea, and I will float them as rafts by sea to the place you specify. There I will separate them, and you can take them away. And you are to grant my wish by providing food for my royal household. In this way, Hiram kept Solomon supplied with all the cedar and juniper logs he wanted, and Solomon gave Hiram twenty thousand cores of wheat as food for his household, in addition to twenty thousand baths of pressed olive oil. Solomon continued to do this for Hiram year after year. The Lord gave Solomon wisdom just as he had promised him. There were peaceful relations between Hiram and Solomon, and the two of them made a treaty. King Solomon conscripted laborers from all Israel, 30,000 men. He sent them off to Lebanon in shifts of 10,000 a month, so that they spent one month in Lebanon and two months at home. Adoniram was in charge of the forced labor. Solomon had 70,000 carriers and 80,000 stonecutters in the hills, as well as 3,300 foremen who supervised the project and directed the workers. At the king's command, they removed from the quarry large blocks of high-grade stone to provide a foundation of dressed stone for the temple. The craftsmen of Solomon and Hiram and workers from Byblos cut and prepared the timber and stone for the building of the temple.
0: Purpose in God's Cause Solomon was called to serve the cause of God in a special way. David had served God's purpose in his own generation. However, he was not allowed to build the temple. God gave that calling to Solomon. Your son, who I put on your throne, in your place, will build the temple for my name. Solomon needed great wisdom in order to fulfill his calling. He had prayed for wisdom. God answered his prayer more than he could ever have asked or imagined god promises to give you the same kind of wisdom if you ask for it if anyone lacks wisdom you should ask god who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you ask for wisdom in these areas first wisdom in decision making god gave him wisdom to administer justice When given the impossible task of deciding to which mother a baby belongs, he comes up with an ingenious idea. The threat of the death of the surviving baby is enough to reveal who the true mother really is. When all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, they held the king in awe because they saw he had wisdom from God to administer justice. Second, wisdom in choosing a team Solomon gathered around him a leadership team for his government. This included priests, managers, friends, secretaries, historians, and the command of his army. There were 11 in all, making a team of 12. It's a similar size to Jesus' core team, the 12 disciples. It seemed to be about the right size for a leadership team. Third, wisdom in delegation. In addition to this, Solomon had another team of 12 regional managers distributed Through Israel. This included two of his own sons-in-law. Delegation is absolutely key to avoiding burnout and carrying out a leadership role. Fourth, wisdom in peacemaking. Under his leadership, there was so much growth that the people became densely populated. Nevertheless, all their needs were met. They ate and drank and were happy. And they had peace on all sides. They lived in safety. Fifth, wisdom in insight and discernment. God gave Solomon wisdom and great insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. His fame spread. He spoke 3,000 proverbs and his songs numbered a 1,005. Psalms 72 and 127, Proverbs 10 to 22, 25 to 29 are attributed to him. People from all nations came to listen to his wisdom. Solomon had the wisdom to know when to accept help from those who were not part of the people of God. The Lord gave Solomon wisdom just as he had promised him. Sixth, wisdom in pursuing God's cause. Solomon had the vision to build the temple in order to see God's name honored. One of the ways in which you can pursue God's cause today is by seeking to see the church, the new temple, built up in order to bring honour to God's name. Lord, please give us wisdom, in order to fulfil our calling. Help us bring honour to your name, and advance the cause of Jesus on earth. adds, 1 Kings four twenty four, He, Solomon, ruled over the kingdoms west of the river, from Tifsa to Gaza, and had peace on all sides. During Solomon's lifetime, Judah and Israel, from Dan to Bathsheba, lived in safety, everyone, under their own vine and fig tree. This must be one of the few times in Israel and Judah's history where there was peace and safety in the whole region. Wise governance really can change a nation. Peace and safety are desperately needed in so many countries around the world. We need to keep on praying for wise leaders to arise.